Washington sets up Zavada. And it won't be the best finish of his career. But Oscar Zavada has a hat-trick set up by Nico Pennington. Five-star performance from Wellington. And for a couple of hours anyway, they are top of the A-League. Yes, the Wellington Phoenix uh, for a couple of hours were top of the A-League coming from behind because they conceded a goal to Brisbane Raw, I think after 31 seconds. 31 seconds, Brisbane went ahead. But uh, goals, firstly, Tim Payne, richly uh, deserved goal for Tim Payne. He We talked, spoke to him last week. He was excellent the week before and uh, very prominent getting forward. He's, you know, I guess you'd, You'd argue what I said about playing at right fullback, but his willingness to get forward for the Wellington Phoenix through the opening a few weeks of the season are quite obvious. So he got on the score sheet. Excellent for him. And then it was the man you heard Jason Pine call on Sky Sport, Oscar Zavada, who took over the show, uh, picking up a hat-trick, his first for the Wellington Phoenix, uh, all capped off in the 92nd minute. Uh, Bozidar Krajev, a neat goal for him. Another one for him so far, the Bulgarian in the goal-scoring column again, it was five goals to two. It capped off a wonderful day for the Wellington Phoenix after the Wellington Phoenix women had a 2-1 victory over the Brisbane Raw. The Raw getting a, a late consolation goal in stoppage time. Uh, the Wellington Phoenix richly deserving that victory, which was their first ever back-to-back success in the Liberty A-League season. Plenty of football going on this morning too. Uh, L- Luton Town almost pulled off a wonderful upset. Of course, only freshly back in the uh, English Premier League, or the top flight, don't think they've ever played in the Premier League. It was the old first division when they were last there. Kenilworth Road was a buzz with life and activity, and uh, on the cusp of an historic win over Liverpool, wasn't to be with Luis Diaz scoring an injury time equaliser. Uh, incredible um, moment that, considering what Luis Diaz suffered through for the last uh, week or so with his father kidnapped. Um, as well as his mother back in their home uh, country of Colombia. The mother was uh, found well, uh, not long after, but his father is still missing. So um, quite staggering uh, to think he was in any sort of frame of mind to play. Uh, came off the bench in a leap, a huge leap at the back post, nodding in at the equaliser. Right, let's talk football. Let's talk football with a fine football brain out of Sky Sport, former well, to Phoenix player as well himself. It is the one, the only Mr. Jacob Spoonley, the best dressed man in all of football. How are you, mate? <laughs> that is some build up, Daniel. Thank you very much for that. And uh, having a good morning. Hope it's the same at your end. It really is, mate. It really is. There's so many storylines as, as far as the round ball code is concerned. We've had a great six months. Women's World Cup, of course. Um, and now it is over to the A-League. And so far, so good for both the men and women who have started the season very positively. And there was that brief window on Saturday evening when both teams, both teams top of the league. Oh, it was, yeah, for all of about 10 minutes, but it's history nonetheless. And I think it speaks to this wonderful global pattern or theme that we've seen out of our both our men's and our women's players. Nico Kerwin in Italy scored a goal. Um with Grace Jarley also in the A-League scoring for Perth. Annie Longo comes up with a wonderful goal. Tim Payne gets on the score sheet. Um, it, it's just a cavalcade of highlights that we are seeing at the moment. Even Kyle Adams over in the USL in America, he popped up with the goal as Louisville got knocked out by Declan Wynn's um, Charleston Battery. So it is beautiful. I'm glad we're focusing on the A-Leagues, but the men and the women are both doing it very well on the global stage at the moment. Yeah, well said, uh, Jacob. 
Shout out to Tim Payne. See, see, this is what happens when you come on mornings with Ian Smith two days before a game. You end in the 8,000-minute goal-scoring drought in the A-League. How fantastic is that? The guy's approaching oh. 100 games, and he finally gets on the score sheet. I haven't heard 8,000 minutes before, Daniel. That is quite the figure. Yeah, Tim Payne, a wonderful servant of um, National League football, also for the All-Whites, uh, and then most recently for the black and yellow of the Wellington Phoenix. In fairness, Daniel, you don't score too many goals from centre-back, which is where he was primarily employed by Ufuk Tale, but he has been a striking addition to the right. Let's, let's call him a wing-back. Let's call it what it is. He's a right wing-back at the moment, and he has been given huge licence to get forward. We've seen him used in a number of different ways by Italiano so far this season. The thing on the weekend was that he was able to work upon those high advanced positions that he employed against Perth Glory. And he was almost like a slingshot at times. The player would develop down the left-hand side and would come back in to like to Pennington or Rufa. And as soon as that ball started to migrate from the left back across the right, Payne was gone, mate. He was a blur down the right-hand side and he topped it off with that wonderful finish. The half Paul Eiffel chop back on on the left foot made <laughs> up for... The miss last week and slammed it in the back of the net. Yeah, it was brilliant stuff. Uh, don't let uh, you know facts get in the way of a good story. Um, I think it's technically seven thousand nine hundred and seventy-nine minutes. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, hey, we'll just round it up to eight thousand. We'll just round it up to eight thousand. But boy, they had to come back. What a terrible start! Was it thirty-one seconds? As we carry on the numbers theme, thirty-one seconds they found themselves behind. Yeah, and a beautiful goal. To be fair, it was an indication of how Brisbane were going to attack the Phoenix. They'd obviously identified Lucas Kelly-Heald as the potential weak link uh, in the Wellington Phoenix back four. And I say weak link, that's a bit disingenuous. He's a youngster learning his trade, and um, he's somebody that has looked really settled and comfortable at A-League level, but he'd obviously been identified as a target for Brisbane. So they attacked through Miller Usnich and Berengier down the right-hand side. Zabala came into the game a little bit later on, but it was... Mili Usnich and Berengier that had a wonderful combination and I think it was probably one of the goals of the day. Berengier closed off the hips, whipped the body around and put it past Alex Paulson having navigated through a forest of black and yellow because they are large individuals, Daniel. I felt reasonably optimistic about the Wellington Phoenix heading into the season. Why? Because they, you know, they were there or thereabouts uh, last season. I know they finished with a bit of a whimper. Uh, but they were a playoff-caliber side for, for long stretches of last season. And unlike unlike previous campaigns, they didn't have to rebuild the roster, did they? Especially with those all-important import, those visa spots. There was so much continuity there. Is that how you felt, or are they sort of over, you know, so, so far sort of you know, overachieving a little bit? Uh, keep going. Keep going, mate. I think you're bang on the money. I think there's... I think two things here, and I'm going to call out the fans a little bit because we haven't seen them at Sky Stadium for these opening... Uh, two home uh, wins. And the the chat that I've heard from a couple of people that uh, invested in football are that, oh, the Wellington Phoenix aren't going to do that well. They haven't reinvested in the senior players. Um, and then uh, one bit of fake news that I've heard is they haven't invested in the import spots. And you, st- st- you stand back and you think about it and you've got David Ball, one of the best contributors um, in an import spot for the Wellington Phoenix, so much so that he's more readily considered to be a local now. Scott Wooden, who's the anchor, bookended by two young Kiwis, um, who's doing well guiding 
well, actually three if you include Alex Paulson, um, guiding this Wellington Phoenix defence through their opening challenges. And then you've got two of the best players in the competition in Zavada and Krajev. Now, that's the import spots. Those are people that are familiar with the tactics that were employed under Tully, the principles that are still relevant under Italiano. So that cohesion, that familiarity is really important. Now let's add to it the Kiwi flavour, the likes of the Alex Rufa, who I think is again going through a bit of an evolution of his game. He's given more freedom. He's a lot more dynamic in that midfield. And he's ran the armband with confidence. Tim Payne, new lease of life down that right-hand side. We haven't seen Ben Old yet in full flight, but we've seen sparks of him. He is a player of immense promise. And now add to that these new additions to the Wellington Phoenix, not even squad, Daniel, but the starting 11. Alex Paulson. What an opening couple of games that young man has had. He has had questions each and every week. He stood up to those. Western Sydney put him under a lot of pressure, particularly under the high ball. He came out with the highlights last week against Perth Glory, saving um, the Wellington Phoenix's three points. And then on the weekend, he was pivotal, pivotal in how the Wellington Phoenix dealt with this really high-tempo Brisbane Royal Press. The congestion in midfield was bypassed because he would become the pivot to get the ball out the other side. That's your goalkeeper, Daniel. So that's the way in which he's contributed towards the games in the early part of the season. You've got an 18-year-old playing left back and doing so in a really competent manner. And then Finn Sermon, somebody who I think has probably been overshadowed by the performances of his colleagues, is going about his business really quietly. And I tell you what, if you see him in person, he's becoming a bit of an intimidating character. He's definitely put on some uh, muscle in the off-season. He's starting to build into his professional career and... He's answering a lot of challenges. He's, he's getting alongside the likes of Wooten. And he's also talking to Zavada a lot, which is what we saw on the weekend. He's wanting to understand how to problem solve on the field. And I'm sure there's a couple of players that I've missed off. Definitely some academy products on the bench who have contributed. But that's, that's what we're seeing from the Spellington Phoenix. So let's address some of the, uh, the misnomers that are circulating, particularly in the New Zealand football public at the moment. Well, I'm not sure how much money they did have to invest because of those holdovers and the fact that it took quite a big financial commitment to get those um, import spots uh, secured for a couple of seasons. So, yeah, um, also imports really making their presence felt on the women's side of the equation. Speck Meyer's goal after five or six minutes, the, the flick header to the back post is excellent. She looks like a great addition. Uh, but the story is Annalie Longo. Um, if you're looking at individuals, <laughs> finally getting on the field, scoring an absolute ripper to cap off what, what has been a really positive opening three weeks for the women too. Yeah, she's threatened to get onto the field for the Wellington Phoenix over the last couple of seasons, hasn't she? Unfortunately, uh, injury has um, meant that they weren't, be, they weren't able to call upon her. But if you're talking about perhaps something that was missing in the first two seasons for the Wellington Phoenix, a key ingredient, I think you'd have to look no further than the likes of a senior football fern, someone who's played at a professional level now for uh, must be over a decade. I haven't got the information in front of me, Daniel. Um, but half her life, she's been playing at the top <laughs> level. She, she, third youngest life. player to debut at a FIFA Women's World Cup when she was sixteen. She's now thirty-two. She's been half her life, half her life at the top level. And if you talk to people that are familiar with the football ferns, they will say that Annalie is the player that is cut from a different cloth in terms of what we traditionally have produced as New Zealand New Zealanders. She loves to get on the ball. She's a creative player. She wants the ball. She's got the arrogance about it. And I say that in a nice way because we saw that on the weekend. The game was still in limbo at 1-0. And then the bit of quality that the Phoenix were looking for came onto the field when Annalie Longo stepped onto the pitch. And... 
It was a hell of a goal. There's two really impressive things about this for me. The guile and the technique that we saw from Flea. She's gone at the heart of the Brisbane Raw defence and then she's cut back, created space. And we've seen other players try to go through defenders at that point. But she knows if she can get that ball out of her feet, open herself up, she's going to have all of the goal to aim at. And from that point, she picks her spot and slams it into the back of the net Goalkeeper, absolutely no chance. And that was the buffer that the Phoenix required because a screamer from the Brisbane World came late doors, but they held on to win 2-1. So it wasn't the prettiest game. I don't know what you thought about it, but the Phoenix showed grit and determination and resilience to keep in the game. And then they had that that sharpness to maintain the lead uh, and a little bit of quality off the bench when Anna Lee came on. Well, because Brisbane's a good side, you look at their talent, they're going to be absolutely fine uh, if they can find a little bit more support for Corbin up top. But, you know, when you've got Yallop, uh, you know, Norris only just coming back, that, that's a good side. But I like the way the Phoenix started both halves and you saw the patterns of play, especially through the first 20, 15, 20 minutes when they sort of came out and, and dominated. But Brisbane good side sort of clawed their way back into it and that's where it got a little bit messy. I would agree with you on that front. But um, there's more balance to it um, up top. Uh, Davidson at right fullback adds a whole lot more than you know the centre backs playing at right fullback that we saw last season. So there's reason uh, to be optimistic, but uh, I guess the proof for them is going to be when they're on the road uh, in a lot of ways. Hey, Jacob, before I let you go, I just want to quickly turn to uh, the EPL. Liverpool get out of jail would have been an amazing result for Luton Town this morning at Kenilworth Road. Um, you know, it was like the mid '80s again. Luton being uh, the bogey side for Liverpool, but. Luis Diaz scoring deep into stoppage time. I just can't. I can't believe he actually played, mate. I, I just can't believe that guy's got his head screwed on straight with what's going on in his life. Incredible. No, it, it is amazing. Um, the situation that he's having to deal with, and I understand the squad as well, is, is very supportive. Um, but what I would say, Daniel, um, is that this is a situation where having had his mum released or at least found from the hostage situation, his dad's still being held captive. Football might have been an out for him this morning, and we saw him throw his shirt up. I didn't see the message in its entirety, but he's clearly playing for his dad, and this is giving him some sort of escape at the moment. I think that's probably why Jurgen Klopp had him in the matchday team and then being 1-0 down later on thought, yeah, why not? Give him something just to occupy him to do. Um, And that's the humanitarian aspect of football that I think goes underappreciated at times. Libertad para papa, freedom for dad. Freedom for Dad is what was written on his shirt. Um, and, and it seems like Mikel Arteta wants some freedom from the VAR. No, well, yeah, you can't say that they're under pressure and they're making the best decisions they possibly can two weeks um, before you then throw a tantrum after going a goal down and, and starting to feel the pressure having made a vanity project in Kai Havertz and then a terrible decision dropping Aaron Ramsdale and not saying that you've done it and putting David Raya in. So I'm not having that, Mikel. You're on your own there. Yeah, well, Havertz, the most egregious decision I saw was the yellow card to Havertz. That's been a red in most games this year. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, Daniel, is that I like the take from Alan Shearer, who's clearly biased in the situation, so we'll set that aside or at least factor it in. (laughs) And Jamie Carragher, mate. Um, They've said, we're looking for reasons to sell this game. We're looking for reasons to give goals, and it's got to be within the parameters of the law. What we had an issue with is that VAR was taking away goals and indirectly taking away these amazing moments of celebration. And what we see in the Premier League each week, it's why we tune in. The crowds 
going crazy. Um, you can see the cameras reverberating uh, as the, the, the noise bounces off the stadium. And then Mikel's complaining about a fraction and, um, in my mind, clutching at straws because there's, there's really limited evidence to suggest that that goal shouldn't have stood. I think you can probably have a little bit of a groan about the foul, but I'd expect... Yeah, I agree with that. Just defending on the goal line. Good on you, Jacob. Thanks so much, mate. Love to the family. Hope, hope everyone's well. Mum and, Mum and Bubs are doing well, mate. Thank you very much, Daniel. Oh, well done. So it's arrived. Congratulations. I didn't know. Yes. No, one ten a.m. on Saturday morning. Yeah, um, back up to Birth Care and Walkworth. The staff up there are fantastic um, and are not a publicly funded uh, service. So if you've got the chance to donate, please do. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. And then down to the Phoenix on Saturday uh, evening. Unfortunately, got stuck in the booth with Jason Pine, so I could have found better things to do with my Saturday afternoon. But we, <laughs> we, all have, we all have our uh, our burdens to bear, Daniel. Oh, mate, I'm absolutely wrapped for you and your family. Congratulations, mate. That news slipped me by. Um, get some socks while you're there um, at, the, at the birthing unit. Thanks, mate. Take it easy. Right. Cheers, Daniel. Have a good day.